As borders are closing and populations becoming locked down, everyday economic activity is seizing up around the world, and that is certainly very evident here in London. The policy responses from central banks and governments have been impressive. The Federal Reserve stunned the markets by cutting interest rates to zero on Sunday, and the ECP came back overnight with a huge bond buying program, and the Bank of England has just announced further moves. Governments have proposed fiscal measures in the UK, for example, promising to do whatever it takes, those famous words, to support the economy during this crisis. And yet it has not been enough. We have seen unusually correlated moves in financial markets. Not only equity markets, but bonds, currencies and gold have seen sharp downside moves. Sheldon, could you set the backdrop for us in terms of financial market activity this past week? Yes, thanks, Lorna. The activity has been, as you said, quite unprecedented. So, so far for the week, um, we're down about 12%. That's the S&P 500 in the US. But even that hides quite a multitude of moves. So the move on Friday last week was up 9%. Monday saw down 12. Then we saw up 6. And then yesterday was down 5. Today, mercifully flat so far, but obviously early days in the US. In the UK, the moves have been slightly more muted. We're down about 5% on the week. But again, we've had moves of plus 2.5, minus 4 plus three, minus four. And in Europe, equally down about 7% on the week. But again, with massive moves of minus five, plus three, minus five again. So very strong moves on the equity markets. The FTSE and the stocks 50 in Europe are perhaps have been shielded a little bit by the moves on their currencies. Sterling versus the dollar has fallen from 125 to down to about 117 in the space of a week. Uh, the euro has also fallen against the dollar. That's fallen by about uh, three cents on the dollar. As we know, a falling currency in the UK and in, and in Europe actually support equity markets. So that's been a bit of a, a bonus, a bit of support for the markets. So these levels of moves in the equity market have pushed up the VIX index. This is often called the fear index. It's a measure of the price of insurance against share price falls. So this peak earlier this week at a level of 82, and that's about the same levels as we saw in 2008, having averaged around about the mid-teens for most of the past four or five years. So really just indication of how volatile markets have been. Well, we will be coming back to currencies, I think, shortly. If we could look first, though, at the policy responses that we've seen from governments and indeed central banks. Nathan, the U.S. government has announced this huge fiscal stimulus package. Yes. So I suppose one of the concerns for markets was that fiscal response will be quite slow. But the U.S. has been extremely quick in coming out with some fiscal stimulus. And they have a total fiscal response which is likely to exceed $1 trillion, which represents about 5% of GDP for 2020. So they're looking at a number of different measures. They actually passed one of the initial packages into law last week, and that represents a 8.3 billion package, which will be focused on healthcare around coronavirus. The second package, which is being enacted this week, will consist of payments for people who have to take sick leave. So that's quite a, a positive, and for people who need to uh, claim unemployment benefit, and it's likely that that package will look like about 150 billion. And then they're expected to work on an additional package, which will provide programs for businesses to provide lending, 
and will increase packages for industries affected by the coronavirus. So they'll be looking to create an expanded benefit system, if you like. And that's looking to be uh, quite substantial, could be in the region of 750 billion. The White House is talking about 1 trillion. But there's big numbers coming out and big levels of support across the globe. So the market will start to look at that at some point. Well, they will indeed. And, and those seem to be well thought through and targeted measures. Jen, we've had a very swift and strong response from the UK government as well. Yes, we have. I mean, we'll have to see how the latest rate cut goes down in the market. But on the fiscal side, so March's budget pledged £30 billion worth of fiscal measures to help support the economy. And these have been to extending sick pay, cutting business rates for smaller companies, and also a £5 billion emergency fund for the NHS. And then on Tuesday, the Chancellor announced a further £350 billion worth of government-backed loans and grants to help businesses pay staff, rent, suppliers, etc. And it also includes £20 billion of other aid, such as mortgage payment holidays. Now, we'll have to see what happens with the latest cut, but these measures haven't really stopped the market fall. I mean, interest-free rates, interest-free loans or low-interest loans are all very helpful, but there's a little bit more survival than that. If you're a small business, you don't really want to leverage up right now and defer the problem. We also need to see how easily retailers will access this cash. And I think we'll probably see more fiscal stimulus coming through, but it just takes time to agree. Although, like you say, the UK government has been quick so far. Quick so far, but the response from businesses might, in fact, be almost too late. In France, Alex, overnight, we saw the government announcing a big package of measures. It's not just France. I think the whole of the European countries have all been pretty bold in what they've pledged. So if you look at Germany, they've announced around 500 billion of loans available to companies to help them through cash flows, basically. The French government announced around a trillion in, in total in terms of guarantees, plus another 300 billion for bank loans and businesses. The Italian government started off pretty small, given it was it was the initial problem case or hotbed, if you like. But now they're looking at measures such as 500 euros each parachute money for each person that's self-employed or for people that have been significantly affected. So it's the same throughout Europe, I would say. So the policy response has been pretty bold. The containment, I would say, has been a bit more mixed. So we've seen mm -hmm. Spain and Italy take a pretty strong stance pretty quickly. The ECB, the European Central Bank, Mike, I was going to ask you about this. There's a new bond buying programme having been a bit disappointing to the markets last week. They've announced new measures this week. Yes, they have. The new measure is clearly quite impressive. So it's 750 billion euros anticipated till the end of 2020, if required. As you correctly point out, the 120 billion that was already announced last week disappointed the market, along with comments uh, made by Governor. But this one is clearly is clearly a positive. So the size of the program itself is, is very positive, but also the nature of it. So it's quite flexible. So it doesn't have a fixed allocation per month. Why that is important is that they can front load the program. So you know when we when there is a great need of providing fiscal, uh, so providing monetary stimulus, they can uh, they can do that in the earlier months and taper that off as as required. All securities are also permitted as a previous QE program. So that includes government and corporate bonds and some additional assets, uh, which includes commercial paper, which is quite necessary for the short-term liquidity uh, market, as well as Greek bonds, which were previously excluded. It's clearly a positive program, and uh, they've learned the lesson from last week when the market was disappointed. So broad and potentially quite responsive. 
Bank of England has talked of unlimited quantities of money being poured into commercial paper facilities as early as next week. But Sheldon, are these just seen as empty words that markets are not really taking that much comfort? Well, this is a word we bandy about quite a lot these days, but these really are unprecedented levels of support. We've never seen this sort of scale of support provided by central banks or governments just yet. So far, though, as you said, though, markets have seemed much more focused on the news flow on the coronavirus itself and not really looking at the, the packages, not really looking at fundamentals, at valuations and so on. Eventually, the cheapness of shares combined with the stimulus measures will provide some support. They will eventually bite, but apparently not just yet. Of course, we wait and see. We hope that uh, the measures announced today might bite. And so far, markets do seem to be fairly contained today. The markets are relatively flat. And in spite of words from the Bank of England, sterling has fallen quite dramatically. This almost looks like a dysfunctional market, Jen. The pound has actually been weakening since February, but it's really ramped up now as we're starting to compare the economic hit 2008. I think it's important to remember, though, that sterling is much more vulnerable than better sentiment. It's generally considered as risk on currency out of the epic majors, and we broadly saw the same pattern in the financial crisis. Also, I think there's been an element of waiting for further monetary policy action from the Bank of England, which we've just had. So maybe that will help stabilise things. That said, I agree, it is more the dollar story, and I can't really see the dollar weakening that much until we get some sort of clarity on the longevity of this. There are actually hints of a stabilisation against the euro, but this has been through the ECB actions rather than the sterling story. Thanks, Jen. Mayank, okay, over the last few days, the dollar seems to be rising inexorably at the moment. Yeah, so the dollar is finally behaving as a safe haven currency. You know, that was not really the case in previous risk-off episodes we've seen over the last couple of years, uh, where the dollar remained quite weak. But, you know, since two weeks ago, the dollar really has been behaving as your classic risk-off. Uh, and as a result, we've seen it appreciate up to close to 10% relative to some other developed markets. And, and the dollar is really coming out of other safe haven assets. So we've seen, on the contrary, gold and government bonds which have typically acted as that risk-off buffer, have you know, stopped behaving as such. So since the 9th of March, to be precise, is the exact date, is when the correlation between equities and your you know, typically safe assets, such as gold and, and government bonds, disconnected. And we had positive correlations. So as equities were going down over the last 10 days or so, we've seen bonds sell off. These are sovereign bonds, as well as uh, gold sell off. But on the other hand, the dollar has been strengthening. Yes, I was going to ask you particularly Sol, about gold. There doesn't seem to be any refuge here where normally you would expect gold to present a safe haven, as Mike was just saying. Any particular reasons there, do you think? Gold and other risk of assets such as government bonds have failed to deliver that protection that they usually do in periods of stress. Now, you know, the strong dollar, for one, is a significant headwind for all commodities, which are priced in dollars as it reduces affordability and therefore demand. I think more significant than that is the impact of the losses in the equity market resulting in, in investors needing to um, meet redemptions or margin calls and therefore selling assets indiscriminately and even perhaps having a preference for selling assets which are sitting on profits and gains. So you know, gold would have fallen into that category up to the point of 9th of March that Mayank mentioned. The other idea, of course, is that maybe influencing the weakness in the gold price and also in the bond market is that with the huge increase in fiscal stimulus programs from governments around the world, this debt will need to be funded and ultimately is going to be a lot more bond issuance coming to the market in the future. 
Now, what we've seen historically is that the level of government bond issuance hasn't really mattered as central banks have been willing to um, buy up that bond issuance at record low interest rates. And therefore, you know, it feels a stretch to assume that that relationship has broken down. So perhaps the current driver for weakness in the bond market is better explained by liquidity redemptions. So from here, Mayank, would it take the dollar to turn down again markedly for some of these markets to recover? The strengthening of the dollar is, I would say, a symptom of the disease, excuse the pun, uh, rather than the cause itself. So the dollar is strengthening because there is a need for liquidity because we have a big panic in the markets because of coronavirus. So I think ultimately we need a resolution on what happens or some more clarity, rather, on how the situation involves with new cases in Europe and elsewhere, especially US. It's given us one of the last regions to be hit. To see a reversal in a lot of the market movements we've seen thus far, so that includes that includes the weakening of the dollar, but also includes a you know, a bottoming out of equity prices, includes perhaps a return to normal relationships between asset classes, so negative correlation between you know bonds and equities, for example. So I, I wouldn't say dollar is the cause of this. It's obviously, there's external factors, coronavirus being the only one. Now. And in terms of central bank support, is it possible that, for example, the U.S. Fed could start buying different asset classes such as corporate credit? It is possible. In Japan, that is already happening. So the Bank of Japan you know, buys direct equities through ETFs. And it is possible that the Federal Reserve will do the same. The ECB has come out and committed to uh, doing that and doing whatever it takes. And um, no doubt the Federal Reserve will do the same. And just looking even a bit further out then, Mike, if we see numbers of cases on the decline after such a huge amount of fiscal stimulus and with lower interest rates, how do you see economies and then markets developing? Well, the market is a discounting mechanism, right? So the, the equity markets and all the other, other markets will, will start pricing in a recovery much before the real economy. So, you know, if there is a genuine reduction in the number of cases or a slowing down of the growth rate, um, I expect to see quite a sharp rebound in markets. If you think about the period before the coronavirus, even though we were in late cycle, uh, economies around the world were in reasonable shape, especially the US. So if there is evidence that uh, this thing is slowing down, then yes, I would see a pretty quick recovery in financial markets. And then in the economy, they will probably act with a lag because I think the governments will need to be careful in terms of you know, taking definitive action in terms of how to think about forward-looking policy responses and be cautious and prudent in terms of you know, being restarting the real economy again. Thank you for that. Sheldon, if we could finally turn to you and ask you for a quick summary of our discussion today and also our investment response. So going right back to the beginning, we have had unprecedented, there's that word again, unprecedented levels of volatility in markets, especially in equity markets. We're seeing bond markets also struggling. Gold markets and other diversifying assets also not really helping that much. That's all because we're in a sentiment-driven market at the moment. Yes, we have seen high levels of stimulus and, again, unprecedented levels of stimulus. And that's certainly encouraging. It remains to be seen, though, at what point markets will be prepared to start discounting the effects of that stimulus. At the moment, the focus, as I said, is very much still on the news flow on the coronavirus itself rather than the fundamentals and valuations. Eventually, there will be a rebound. We certainly expect that at some point. It's difficult to forecast exactly when we might see that. We will come out the other side of this. There will be a recovery. Until then, though, we remain prudent. We remain cautious. It would be irresponsible of us, I think, to try to second guess when exactly the market might bounce. 
and we'd rather stay cautious. We'd rather protect to the downside as far as possible rather than trying to guess when the, the upside might return. So as I said, for now, staying cautious. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So these levels